The last thing we're discussing was if there was a house that is sealed off from everywhere and all of a sudden there was a hole in it on Yom Tov, you're allowed to take fruit from that hole. And Rabbi Meir says you're allowed to even break it on Yom Tov and take. And we saw the mahlokit between Rabbanan and Rabbi Meir was that Rabbi Meir holds you're allowed to be soter on Yom Tov for Ochel Nefesh. You're allowed to do certain melachot for Ochel Nefesh. And Rabbanan said, you can't do that. And with that, we are starting Lamed Aleph Amud Bet, five lines from the bottom where it says, Umi plige Rabbanan Do Hachamim really argue on Rabbi Meir when it comes to the ropes that lock up uh, uh, caves and uh, cellars in the floor? Do they really hold, you're not allowed to destroy that rope in order to get the food from that seller? We have They both agree when it comes to the ropes that lock something on the ground, that you're allowed to untie them on Shabbat, but you can't unravel or cut. You could untie, unravel, cut, whatever you want. And it seems like they're not arguing. So the Gemayan says, Who de Shmuel, who said that you're not allowed to untie these ropes that are on the ground even on Yom Tov, he holds like a different Tana, who says it's Asur to cut even on Yom Tov. The Tanya, the ropes that, that lock up something on the ground, Matir, you're allowed to untie, but you cannot unravel the rope or cut the rope, doesn't make a difference, it's always Asur, but if it's in a Keli, on Shabbat, but you're not allowed to unravel or cut, and Yom Tov, do whatever you want, you could untie, you could, uh, you could unravel, you could cut, whatever you want, so the Gemara says, Okay, you were able to answer up the first part of what Shmuel said, where he said it's Asur to cut uh, the the ropes that are connected to the ground, even on Yom Tov. Okay, Ella Sefa, what the last part of what he said, he said that uh, ropes that tie Kelim, you're allowed to cut them even on Shabbat, Kashia, because Artanan Abraita said you're not allowed to cut it on Shabbat. So the Gemara explains. Ha mani who's this like Rabbi Nehemiah? He it's like Rabbi Nehemiah. The Amar Kola Kelim Eni Talim Ella Derech Tashmishan. He is a very very extremely mahmir when it comes to Muktzen. He says you're not allowed to touch anything, even Kelim that are mutar to usually touch, unless you're using them the way you usually use them. Meaning it has nothing to do with soter in Kelim, none of that stuff. Rather, it's all a Muktzeh question, and it goes according to Rabbi Nehemiah, who's extremely mahmir. You could only use the knife for food, not for ropes. And over there, Shmuel holds like Rabbi Nehemiah. And that's why he said that the, when it comes to Kelim, you're allowed to cut even on Shabbat. Like Mas says, Rabbi Nehemiah, but if he holds like Rabbi Nehemiah, you're allowed to cut these ropes because you're not to touch that knife only unless it's for food. Rabbi Nehemiah is also a mahmir on Yom Tov. That's a Shabbat. So say, you can't even use it on Yom Tov. If you want to tell me that there's a difference between the Rabbanan on Shabbat and the Rabbanan on Yom Tov, 
Umishanyale, is that true? It, is there really a difference? We learned in one Braita, Masikin Bekelim, Ve'en Masikin Beshivre Kelim. You're allowed to start a fire on Yom Tov with, shard, with Kelim, with vessels, but not with shards, meaning broken pieces of vessels, because you're not allowed to touch them. And we learned another Braita, Masikin Ben Bekelim, Ben Beshivre Kelim. You're allowed to use regular vessels, you broken pieces of vessels, there's no Isur Mukzeh. And we have a third Braita, En Masikin, you're allowed to use. To make a fire, lo bekelim, not full vessels, velo beshivre kelim, not broken vessels, that's no lad. And you see three braitot uh, that are contradicting one another. Umshane, we answered lakashya. Ha, the first braita, which allows you to use regular vessels and not uh, sh- uh, broken vessels that are broken on Yom Tov, that's Rabbi Yehuda, he's Mahmir Muktzeh, and he holds since uh, it was not meant for firewood before Ben Hashemashot, it's a sort of entire thing, but uh, regular vessels, since you were supposed to use them, then okay, no problem. Ha, the one that's Matir, even broken vessels, that's Rabbi Shimon, he has, doesn't hold of Muktzeh. And ha, and the third braita, which holds you're not allowed to use even full vessels, that's Rabbi Nehamia, because you're only allowed to carry a vessel for the actual thing that you're using for. So let's say your ba'al is only allowed to be used for cereal, mzup. It's not meant for firewood. And bottom line is, you see that Rabbi Nehamia is mahmir on Yom Tov. Remember, there's no hasaka on Shabbat. So how is Shmuel going to say that the braita that's oser, to cut, unravel the, the seals on the kelim on Shabbat, and it's mutar yom tov. You see, Rabbi Nehemiah is oser. So the Gemara explains, There's two Tanaim who are arguing on what Rabbi Nehemiah's shita is. So one Brayta says he's also mahmir on yom tov, and one says that he's lenient. And you have to say that Shemuel holds that Rabbi Nehemiah is matir on Yom Tov. And he holds the Brayta that's Osir on Shabbat and is matir on Yom Tov like Rabbi Nehemiah. However, the Halakha is not like Rabbi Nehemiah. Therefore, it's mutar even on Shabbat, according to Shemuel. Next, Mishnah. En pochatin etaner mipneshehu oseh keli. You're not allowed to hollow a clay, a piece of clay, hollow it in order to make a candle out of it on Yom Tov because you are making a keli. And now I'll make a keli, even though you're not finishing it, but still you're making a keli. Then you can't make charcoal on Yom Tov, even though you plan on heating up a bathhouse with it. Still, it's considered making a keli. The charcoal is used by goldsmiths to make their gold. And we cannot cut a wick into two. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Baor, cut it using fire. And the Gemara starts, Mantana defitat ner. Manau, who is the Tanau holds that just by hollowing out clay, you made it a keli, even though you didn't finish it completely? So the Gemara explains, Amar Yosef, Rabbi Meir, he, the Tanya, keli cheres me'ematai mekabel tuma, a vessel made of clay, when does it become mekabel tuma? Mishnig meram elachto, Rabbi Meir. When you finish hollowing it out, according to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yoshua Omer, no, you have to strengthen it by putting it into the fire, smoke it up, you make it strong, and then it's considered a keli to be mekabel tum'ah. And Amale Abaya, Abaya tells Rabbi Yosef, Mimai, who says that Amishnah is like Rabbi Meir, Dilma, maybe it's a little bit different. Hatam, the only reason over there, he says it's a keli, even though you didn't put it in the furnace, Ela, 
the Hazel Kabole Bemidi. That maybe they've got big Kelly Harris that you could put stuff into it. Aval Hachal, we were talking about a small candle. You can't put anything inside of it. Even if you put oil in it, it's going to smear. It's not going to do anything. It's going to go right through. So Lemai Hazel. What are you going to do with this small piece of clay that you hollowed out before you put it in the furnace? So like my answer is, you put money inside of it, put some coins inside of it. Now, some say this is totally different. Amar of Yosef. Our Mishnah is Rebi the Ezer Berebit Sadok. He holds that, that a keli Harris, once you hollow it, you make it a keli the Tanan, Ilfasin Haraniyot, clay pots that villagers, you know, they don't uh, try to make it anything fancy. They just use it as is. They don't even put it in the furnace. Tehorot oil amet. They're not mekabel tum'ah in oil amet because over there it says, v'chol keli fatuah, a keli that's open, meaning they understood it as a keli that can accept something, a receptacle. Uh, so dafka over there can be metamet. Therefore, this is not mekabel tum'ah in oil amet. But if a zav moves it, then it's mekabel tumah. The pasuk says, We understand that he moved it. Now, No, they're even tahor, even if a zav moved them. That their melacha wasn't finished. It's not considered a keli, and therefore it's not mekabel tumah, unless you put it in the furnace and you made it strong. Maybe the only reason Rabbi Lazar Batsadok said it over there that after it gets uh, hollowed out, it becomes a keli. Maybe it's something big where you could put something inside of it. But by a candle that was hollowed out, what are you going to do with it? And he answered, Rabbi uh, Yosef answered the Kabulebe you could put money inside of it. And Tanur Rabbanan, and Pohatinat Nevein, Osin Il Fasin Haran Yod Beyom Tov. You don't hollow out a candle on Yom Tov, and you don't make uh, any of these uh, clay pots on Yom Tov. Rabbi Shimon ben allows the clay pots, and I'm a, and my haraniyot. What's haraniyot? I'm a vuda haraniyot, and we asked my haraniyot, and I'm a rabayet haklayata. We're talking about villager bowls, bowls that the villagers use. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, we don't make charcoal. Pshita, of course not. There's no reason for it on Yom Tov. What are you going to use it for? We're talking about giving the the bathhouse tendant the, uh, all the charcoal in order to heat up water. So the Gemara asks, Wait a second, who says you're allowed to put on the hot water on uh, on uh, Yom Tov in order to, to, to make a bath? We learned in Masechet Shabbat that we don't allow that. No, so the Gemara explains, Like Rabbi said about a different case, We're talking about uh, sweating, heating up the place in order for sweat, and this was before the Gezerah. And so you have to say this Mishnah also was talking about the Gezerah. Now what happened in Masechet Shabbat, we learned that in the, originally the Hachim were Gozer, that you're not allowed to wash yourself in hot water on Shabbat, but they were not Gozer on sweating. So you could go into the sauna and there's no problem. We're not worried you're going to heat up things just for that. But uh, all of a sudden, uh, people started uh, bath, uh, bathing. They saw people walking out sweating and they thought they were bathing and they started going into the bath. 
and uh, therefore hachamim will go there uh, later on, even sweating is asur. So this uh, so this mishnah that says you're allowed to give it to the bath attendant is before uh, the, the gzera. Next part of the mishnah we don't cut a wick into two, and Rabbi Uda says you could do it using fire. So the Gemara asks, "My shana b'sakin delo." According to Rabbi Uda, why do you allow me cutting it in half with the fire and not with a knife? So the Gemara explains them because you're fixing a keli, you're making this wick a keli. Well, the Gemara says, "But urnami kamitaken manai." When you're cutting it using a fire, it's also cutting it and making it a keli. So the Gemara explains, "Tane Rabbi Chaya." Ba'ur befi nerot. Now you put the, the two ends of the wicks in uh, in the candles, and you light the two candles by lighting it in the middle, and that's how you cut it in half. Uh, but this way, it doesn't look like you're trying to make a keli on purpose. It looks like you're just trying to light a wick, which is mutar. And Amarav Natan Baraba Amarav Mohatin Etapetila Beyom Tov. You're allowed to be Mohet the wick on Yom Tov. My Mohatin, what's Mohatin? So Amarav Hanina Bashelmiya Laaduye Hushchai. Let it take off all the dusty charcoal that comes on top of the wick, which makes uh, the light darker. You take that off and uh, the light is brighter. We said six things about a wick on Yom Tov. Three, we're going to be mahmir. Three, we're going to be lenient. Lahmir is number one. You're not allowed to spin a, 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 a wick on Yom Tov. And you can't light it a little bit to make it easier to light later on Yom Tov. This way it lights better. And you cannot cut it into two. Now, lehakel. What are the three to be lenient? Number one, bayad. You're allowed to crush it in order to soften it to be able to light easier. Veshora b'shem, and you're allowed to soak it in oil. Vehotcha ba'or befishet nerot. You're allowed to cut it using a fire by putting two ends of the wick in a candle and cutting the middle as if you're lighting both of them. And once we're on we said another thing in his name. The rich people in Babel, they're going to go to Gehinam. Because this Shabtai Barmaninus went to Babel. He wanted to do business with them. Give me some business. And they didn't let him do business. He wanted food. They didn't give him food. These they come from the Rav. is going to give us mercy. Anyone who has mercy on the creatures, he's from the Zerah of Avraham Avinu. Whoever doesn't have we know that he's not from the Zerah of Avraham Avinu. And these people are not giving tzedakah, and that's why they are the Gainam. If a person, the only he waits for other people's table, that means that's the only way he's going to eat is by other people's uh, food. He has a dark world around him. If a person wanders for bread asking where it is, he knows that he has a dark day. Rav Hasda Amar Af Hayav Enan Hayim. His life is not a life. Tanu Rabanan Shalosha Hayim Enan Hayim. You have three people. Their lives are not life. Ve'eluhen Hamtzapel Shulhan Haverov. A person eats waiting for his friend's table, meaning other people have to feed him. Umishe Ishto Moshenot Alav. A person whose wife is in charge of him. Umishe Surin Moshenim Begufa. A person who afflictions. 
Uh, he's constantly in pain, and they take charge of his body. A person who only has one piece of clothing, one suit, because he can't uh, do laundry. He always has to be wearing something, and he has uh, no chance to do laundry, and there's bugs on it, there's things on it, and he can't clean it. Betana Kama, he doesn't add that last piece, because of Shademayin Bemane. You could always look at your clothing to see if there's anything wrong with it, and then you can just take it off. So it's not uh, not so bad. Next, Mishnah. In Shobrin Etaheres, you're not allowed to break a piece of uh, clay, or cut a piece of paper, to roast a salty fish. They used to put something under it, like a piece of clay, a piece of paper. This way, it doesn't completely get smoked up by the fire. And that, so we can't do it uh, on Yom Tov. You can't move all the ashes and the dirt from the oven. But you could press down on it. So this way it doesn't pile up too high and ruin the food. And the idea is because you could have done this of Yom Tov. Why didn't you? Therefore it's Asur. You're not allowed to put two barrels next to each other. In order to put a pot on top and then light a fire in between. And this way, uh, this way you have a makeshift oven because you are building. It's considered like making an ohel. And if you have an unsturdy pot, you can't put a piece of wood under it and make it stand straight because you're not allowed to use a piece of wood unless you're making a fire. Same idea with the door. And you can't use a stick to hit an animal in order to lead it anywhere because you know how to use a stick unless you're using it for a fire. says it's mutar. And the Gemara right away asks, My Tama, what's the reason we can't break a shard of clay, can't rip a piece of paper to put under the fish? Because you are fixing a keli, you are now making it a keli. Number two, we learned in the Mishnah, you're not allowed to clean up, move the ashes from an oven. You can't bake in that oven, you can't cook in that oven unless you move the ashes to the side, mutar. Why? Because it's a regular machshire ochel nefesh. That's the only way I could do this. And the Gemara relates a story. Rabbi Hiyad's wife, Nafala Rihabitanura, a brick fell into the oven, and she couldn't bake. I want excellent bread. I want. Be careful, make sure it's perfect. So, okay, the rabbi wants it perfect, and I have to move the brick. It now goes from being machshire ochel nefesh to being actually ochel nefesh. And now my little and Rabbi told his servant, "Teveli baravza, I want you to roast for me the son of a duck. Veizdaher meharucha, and be careful that it doesn't burn. Meaning, make sure the coal is down. And therefore, it was mutar." And Amar le Rabbeinu le Ravashe, Amar le Ravacham Hutzal, Ravacham Hutzal told us the more that by more, which is by you, Ravashe, Sharkin le Tanura beYomata Taba, that they would seal the oven. They would put something on top of it. They would seal it using mud or something like that, in order that the air doesn't go in. And the the problem is that when you're making that mud, it's a kneading. That's a gibul. That's a, that's not allowed. And Amar Leis Rav Asher told Ravina, Anan alaketad defrat samchinan. No, we're relying on the bank of the Euphrates River. The mud over there is already ready. I'm not needing it on Yom Tov. 
And again, you're only allowed to use that type of mud. That's if you piled up from yesterday. Meaning you can't uh, just do that on Yom Tov. And you're allowed to knead ashes. You have to put water and do everything you have to do. That's the way Rashi explains it. Tosfor explains it a little bit different. He explains that they would use the ashes when they were dry around it. And that would uh, insulate it. Okay, we don't put two barrels next to each other and the pot on top of it make a makeshift oven. The stones to make a bathroom and make a, excuse my language, and make a toilet. You let them put them together on Yom Tov. But we learned in the Mishnah, you can't put two barrels together in order to put a pot on top of it. You're building, a, you're making an oil. Same thing with this uh, toilet. You're making uh, an oil. Over there is different because over there with the barrels, you're making an oil. Person built a chair on Yom Tov, made it of stone and, and mud. The law of Vidala, you didn't make a uh, an oil. It's mutar. We know it's Asur. There's different. The Torah says you can't build a permanent oil, a permanent building. But something temporary, it's not Asur. The bathroom is not, uh, not it's uh, not permanent, it's temporary, it's Mutar. Hachamim said, you can't make that temporary oven out of the barrels and the pot on top of it because you might come to make something permanent. And over here with the bathroom, because of a person's kavod, the person needs to use the bathroom. Hachamim were not kozer. Meaning, since it's exerah the Rabbanan, Rabbanan chose where to put the exerah and not. And Amarav hai medurta milmala lemata share. If a person is making a bonfire, you're allowed to start it out by putting a, a wood from the top down. But you can't do it from milmata uh, lemala asur. But doing it from uh, down up is asur. That's the way you make a building. So that's asur. But when you pile it uh, downwards, uh, from up to down, then that's not the way people make it. So the way you do it is you put a log on top, something under it, then you put something on the top of that, under that, under that, until you get reach the floor. That would be mutar. But other, uh, if you go upwards, that's asur. That's the way of building. Same idea with an egg, when you're putting it on a tripod, you first put the egg on top, then you put the tripod under it. Same thing, when you're putting a pot, don't put the two pot, the two barrels and then the pot on top, rather you put the pot on top and then the two barrels on the side, and that would be mutar. Same thing when making a bed, put the mattress, then put everything under it. And the same idea with the barrels, when you're putting them in the storage, in the basement, in the cellar, whatever you're doing, put the, the, the top barrels first, then the bottom barrels, and then everything would be okay. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Amen.